Welcome to the Celtics Pod. I'm Eric Fanon Bosch for 92.9 The Tickets. I took a week off from the Celtics Pod last week. I had two fantasy drafts on Sunday, so I was like focused on fantasy, trying to get uh, all my fantasy draft prep done on time. So I would just kill the draft. And in one league, I thought I killed the draft, but running backs went so quickly, it was just hard to pick up. You know, running backs that I was confident confident in, like uh, you know, like every week RB ones ended up with Leonard Fournette, Joe Mixon as my top two running back. So, little nervous there with the uh, uncertainty with the workload for Dixon or Mixon rather, and then um, Fournette. You know, bad offensive line, bad quarterback. So, and it's funny that I'm uh, you know so worried about fantasy, my fantasy team and stuff. And then yet I record the Celtics podcast on Sunday afternoon at one o'clock while the games are kicking off. So I will try not to be distracted by that. I will try not to uh, think about fantasy while I do this. (laughs) All right. So uh, Isaiah Thomas broke his silence. He uh, put out a really nice piece in the Trayers Players Tribune. He said very little prior to that. Normally he's very active on social media, but his Twitter account was dead for a while. There was nothing in there. And then he posted his piece from the Trayers, uh, Players' Tribune on his Twitter page. And from there, it kind of everything went back to normal. So uh, Isaiah is back. We are hearing from him. Uh, he, uh, the, the, in the Players' Tribune, what he did was he described what it was like to get that call from Danny Ainge, which was very interesting because you don't always get kind of like a behind-the-scenes look at uh, something like that that goes on. Uh, But he said basically he had celebrated his one-year wedding anniversary, and they were on their way back home. He noticed noticed that he missed a call from Danny Ainge. Then he gets a text from Danny that says, call me back. So he thought at that point it was pretty routine, like he communicates with Danny. So he gets a text like that every once in a while. So he calls him up, not expecting what you know, uh, he heard in that conversation. Basically, he said they started with some uh, small talk, and then there was like a pause in the conversation. And then all of a sudden, Danny Ainge says, Isaiah, we traded you to Cleveland for Kyrie. And then from there, as you would expect Danny to do, he started saying, you know, how much Isaiah meant to the city of Boston, how much he meant to the team. But Isaiah, in his piece, said that he didn't want to hear it. He, he, he even said he tried to cut Danny off a couple of times. Danny kept going, so he kept trying to cut him off. And eventually he did. And uh, Isaiah said that he wasn't trying to be rude or anything like that, but he said he was hurt and he just didn't want to hear it. He just didn't really want to talk about it. So Isaiah seemed to take it pretty hard uh, in that piece. Um, He this was actually a really, really good line. Like this was such a good line. It could have come like from a movie or something like that. Isaiah goes, I did one thing wrong in my time with the Celtics. I fell in love with the city of Boston. So that's a good line. I did one thing wrong. I fell in love. Uh, But Isaiah, Isaiah really, he did. He fell in love with the city of Boston. He said he wanted to be the next big Boston sports icon. He said he wanted to be the next Brady, the next David Ortiz. And of course, obviously, there's never going to be a next Tom Brady. Isaiah never would have been the Tom Brady of the Boston Celtics, but he just wanted to be great. You know, he wanted the city to fall in love with him, the region, the sports fans. He just, uh, you know, fell in love with the city of Boston, and uh, he felt like he was getting that back in return from the fans, and uh, he loved it. He enjoyed it. And he said one of the things about the Celtics was that the Celtics gave him the chance to be great. 
said it was the first time anybody ever really gave him the keys to the car and said, all right, go out there, um, do what we know you can do, uh, be the leader we know you can be, and uh, carry this team like we know you can. So he didn't get that opportunity. He was traded by his first two teams. And even when he came to Boston, there was this whole conversation about whether or not Isaiah should even start. You know, a lot of people said, I like him as a spark off the bench. So he was happy that he got that uh, opportunity to just, you know, take over and be that guy. And obviously the Celtics took his career to a whole new level. You know, they turn him into uh, an all-star, a two-time all-star, top five MVP candidate, a guy that scored 29 points per game. And a guy that just like won over Celtics fans extremely quickly. And, you know, by the time the playoffs were done last year, many Celtics fans just adored the guy, like really admired him. So even for me, I was pretty disappointed when I found out that uh, he had been traded. Like I was I was really kind of bummed out by the whole thing. I knew it was right. I knew it was what was best for the Celtics, but... I didn't want to admit that. Like, I, re- I really just, I, I didn't want to admit it. And then, you know, I mean, after like a day or two, I finally uh, came around. I was able to accept reality. He was gone. And then, you know, just like everyone else, you kind of look at the trade and say, obviously, this is uh, good for the Celtics because it's that next step for the basketball team. You know, the team had peaked. They got to the Eastern Conference Finals, and that was about as far as that team was going to go. Uh, When they signed Gordon Hayward in free agency, they got better in that moment, of course. You know, going forward with Isaiah, uh, Gordon Hayward, you knew the team would be better and even better a little bit, uh, at least a little bit offensively, drafting Jason Tatum. So you knew the team would be better even with Isaiah there before the Kyrie trade, but, you know, People said, still not good enough to win a championship, which, of course, I agree with. I think the only way the Celtics would have won a championship if uh, they had kept Isaiah and, you know, let's say he resigns next summer. I think the only way they would have won a championship at that point would be if quickly Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown just turned into stars. Like if those guys became all-star caliber players and then you had uh, Isaiah, Hayward, Al Horford, maybe, maybe that was possible. Um, but you know, it, it just didn't seem likely with the current group of players. So, like I said, the fans falling in love with Isaiah Thomas, uh, the guy carried the team for two and a half years. Uh, everything that happened after his sister passed away, um, you know, I think it was, it was those games after what happened with his sister where people who had loved Isaiah to begin with. It went to a whole new level after that, scoring 33 points uh, in the first playoff game, first game after the death of his sister. And then on what would have been her birthday, he scores 53 points. So what he did was extremely special, you know, getting his uh, tooth knocked out, playing through that. Of course, he's undergoing extensive oral surgery, you know, like during the day in a uh, dental, like at the dentist office in the chair, getting his uh, mouth operated on, getting the teeth taken care of and stuff like that, and then going out and playing a basketball game, even flying back and forth cross country, you know, going to Washington State to be with the family, going back to Boston to play basketball, playing through a torn labrum. That was just a really, really special season, what he did. And everything he played through towards the end was just, it was, you know, admirable, I think. 
And, you know, like the whole Charles Barkley thing, I'm not a role model. Parents should be role models. I mean, Isaiah Thomas, like if you just look at what he did and what he overcame and everything that he fought through, um, you look at him and say, you know, then that's a guy who sets an example. He really is. So Danny Ainge, in a conversation with the Boston Globe, he said it was the toughest call that he, he ever had to make. And he said that he under understands what it's like to be traded because Danny Ainge, he was traded twice himself. In 89, he was traded to the Kings. He was traded to Blazers the following year. So he knows how that affects players, how that disrupts their lives and their families' lives and, you know, how emotional it can be. And, you know, after reading all those things about Isaiah Thomas, you know it was uh, emotional for Isaiah Thomas because, you know, he fell in love with the city of Boston, wanted to be the next great Boston sports icon. Sure, he wanted to play there for the rest of his career, win a championship with the Celtics, get his uh, number retired, you know, place up there in the rafters. So it kind of sounds like, you know, that's what he really wanted. So obviously it was very tough for him. But uh, Danny Ainge, you know, had a good line too in that uh, piece with the Globe. He said... The franchise is bigger than all of us, you know, and it's just, I guess if you're Danny Ainge, the way you see it is even those tough decisions and those relationships you build with people, you just kind of have to put that aside and say it's about the franchise and about winning the next championship. Um, it says that he learned from Red's mistakes. Of course, there was, you know, in the late 80s, you know, he watched Red not trade Larry Bird, not trade Kevin McHale when there were offers on the table for those guys you know, trades available to the Celtics that he said he would have made. And, you know, he faced uh, some criticism for trading Isaiah Thomas, and he knew that he would do that. He knew that fans would be upset. He knew that Isaiah Thomas, and he says all these people within the organization, players, everybody, uh, trainers, uh, executives, stuff like that. He says, you know, I consider all those guys my friends. So he knew it would be tough, you know, on Isaiah he would at least to some degree be upset by the whole situation. He knew the fans would be upset by the situation. And then there were people who were saying, after everything he did for you, carrying the team, you know, putting everything he had into it and playing through all the things he played through during the playoffs, how could you trade this guy? You know, he knew he would face criticism for that. And, you know, like I said, initially, I was disappointed that Isaiah was gone. But then, you know, you look at the situation and you say, you know, Kyrie Irving, we're getting um, an elite guard who could attract other elite players. You know, Isaiah helped attract Gordon Hayward, uh, Al Horford, that's great, but maybe Kyrie Irving can help attract that next, you know, great star, that next elite player. Because it's about having those elite players, obviously, to help you win championships. And Isaiah Thomas is great and everything, and he helped attract some pretty good players. Uh, Kevin Durant, you know, he did, he did not choose to come to Boston to play with Isaiah Thomas. He chose to go to Golden State and play with Steph Curry. Uh, so those tough decisions from uh, Danny Ainge, you know, those tough decisions he pulls the trigger on. Uh, Paul Pierce, uh, Kevin Garnett traded those two, one of the most lopsided trades in NBA history, and both of those guys wanted to retire as Celtics. They both did. And Danny Ainge said that he would have been fine if those guys finished off their careers in Boston and you know, retired as Celtics. You know, that's what Danny says. I would have been fine if they retired, but, uh, you know, I'm sure Danny Ainge, if he passed up on the Brooklyn deal because he was, you know, too attached to those two players, he would be looking back on that and he would be calling it a mistake. So, 
he says he would have been fine with them retiring, but he knows obviously it was the right thing to do, and he knows that he would have um, regretted not making that trade. You know, they've parted ways with so many players over the last couple of years, you know, especially early on in that rebuilding process. There was just a revolving door of players going in and out. But there were certain play there were certain players um that were with the team a little bit longer that played key roles in those uh playoff teams. Yeah, I'm sure it was much harder to part with many of those guys early on I mean guys weren't with the team very very long and then they were gone so I don't know how attached he could get to some of those guys early on but some of the guys who were there for a little while you know certainly he even parted ways with uh Ed Lassert who was the team's trader for the uh, trainer for 30 years Lassert treated everyone from Larry Bird to Isaiah Thomas he even took care of Danny Ainge as well but he parted ways with Ed Lassert uh, parted ways with uh, Brian Dew, B. Dew, who was the strength and conditioning coach for 14 seasons in Boston. So he said that, you know, all of these people, you know, when you're with a guy for 30 years, 14 years or whatever, uh, you know, he says these people become friends. And he says that he views these people as friends. And then it's difficult because when these guys are gone, he doesn't know if these people who are leaving the team believes that Danny considers them a friend. And he, Danny thinks, you know, that's difficult, but that's just part of the job. So, and, you know, like I said, I was, like, very upset with uh, Isaiah Thomas. I didn't want to see him go. So this is why I'm a fan and why he's the general manager. He wouldn't be doing his job if he was okay with, you know, being a deep playoff team and nothing else. He wouldn't be doing his job if he was like, okay, it's, you know, I love these guys. If we don't win a championship, that's okay. That's not, you know, obviously doing your job. So do your no days off. Uh, Isaiah, uh, Isaiah and Jay Crowder introduced this week doing their press conference. Obviously, like the one big thing everyone wanted to know about was uh, Isaiah's hip injury and when he was going to play. But uh, new Cavs GM Kobe Altman said that they're not going to rush things. Uh, offered no timetable on a return. So we still don't know. Um, he said the goal, Altman said the goal is to bring him back at some point this year. So, I mean, that I don't know how promising that sounds. It seems like if he was had a legit shot of coming back in the first month, I mean, maybe he would just say we expect him back in that first month. Uh, but he did at some point during the year. So, and uh, Isaiah says that he wants to uh, build what he had in Boston, in Cleveland. Says he wants to put the hard hat on each day go to work. I'm sure he will. Once he gets back out there on the court, I'm sure he will push himself and do everything he did in Boston. You know, it'll be a little bit easier on him. He's going to have LeBron James, obviously, and it's LeBron's team. So he's not going to like shoulder the load the way that he did in Boston. That's not going to be necessary. And it's not going to happen as long as uh, LeBron James is there. And this, it, you know, it should make things easier on Isaiah because there are times, you know, including in the playoffs where the Celtics don't have like a consistent number two scoring threat, you know, another player who can take over stretches of games and a guy who can provide consistent offense when Isaiah is not on the floor or whatever, you know, guys to really draw some defenders away from Isaiah Thomas. He didn't have that. He would have had that to some degree with, uh, with Gordon Hayward, but he certainly will have that now with LeBron James. So, and you know, building what he had in Boston, in Cleveland, um, 
I, I think fans are going to fall in love with him. I mean, there's no doubt when you see a guy who's five foot nine, clearly at a disadvantage and just, you know, attacking the basket relentlessly. And obviously the guy is ultra competitive and he's a, you know, he's a fun guy to watch. You know, he's always got a smile on his face and stuff like that. Loves to give him basketball. So he'll win over the fans and I'm sure he'll do it very quickly. And if LeBron leaves, you know, if he resigns, I don't know what's going to happen there, whether or not he resigns. But if he did resign and he was the team's top scoring option, um, you know, I maybe he uh, carries the load just like he did in Boston. So uh, Jay Crowder also speaking at that uh, press conference. And he talked about the death of his mom, which was like absolutely terrible. His mom died of cancer. And that uh, he found out that he was traded like just before she died. So obviously it was extremely difficult for uh, Jay Crowder and you feel bad for the guy and you just, you know, send thoughts and prayers out to him and his family. And what a difficult time, you know. And then he told his mom, you know, just like right before she died that he was going to Cleveland. And then, you know, he said that to her and then she passed away. So, but um, seems to be okay with the trade for the most part. He said that he's very fortunate to go to a good team, which he did, at least for the time being, with uh, LeBron James still there. Says he has a chance to compete for a title, and he's very thankful for the opportunity. So he seems to be okay with this thing. Uh, you know, his name has been thrown around in uh, trade rumors for a while, and he doesn't seem to appreciate those things. Sometimes he speaks out, you know, on social media or whatever. So he'll be a good uh, fit for Cleveland. It gives him some uh, depth at the forward spot. So... And you know he'll play hard for those guys. But the uh, trade for Kyrie Irving, Kyrie, uh, according to reports, uh, didn't like playing with Tyron Lue or playing for Lou. Um, didn't like his role in the offense. Comes to Boston, though, and, you know, he'll take over that team, obviously. And this is a guy that you can build around, you know, well into the future, not just you know, over the next couple of years or whatever, but well into the future because the guy's only 25 years old. So if you think about it, you know, like Al Horford, he's got three years left on his deal. When that's up, you know, that'll open up $30 million in cap space. At that point, Kyrie Irving is only 28 years old. So you can go out, you can sign another player or whatever, sign a big name free agent to play along Kyrie, and Kyrie is still in his prime at 28. Um, at that time, you know, Jalen Brown's going to be a restricted free agent at that time. So maybe they have to deal with, with, uh, re-signing Jalen, you know, um, after that, you know, Gordon Hayward, uh, he's got a four year deal. So that'll be 30 million off the book. So, you know, sign a free agent or whatever, put him with Kyrie at that point, Kyrie will only be 29. So the fact that he's 25, obviously something that, um, is going to help the team well into the future. You know, and after uh, Hayward's contract expires, Jason Tatum at that point, uh, he'll be a restricted free agent too. So, like, these, all this money that will open up after Hayward and uh, Horford are gone, and I'm not like, you know, I, I'm not like, oh, God, we have these contracts and we got to get rid of them. That's obviously not the case. All I'm saying is that all that money will open up when those guys are gone, and Kyrie's still going to be in his prime at that point. So, I mean, we could be looking at, you know, another elite player playing alongside him or, you know, you'll have the cap space available to sign Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, if those guys become stars and you want to keep those guys on the basketball team. So it's just he provides them 
with such a, a positive outlook well into the future. Um, so now Kyrie Irving, of course, this all depends on whether or not Kyrie wants to resign with the Celtics. And it sounds like he does. You know, he says that he's thrilled to be in Boston. He says he's opening open to uh, sticking around. And this guy waived a $6 million trade kicker to come to Boston. You know, he had that bonus where uh, if he was traded, he would get a raise. But to make the deal work, he waived a $6 million trade kicker. So he turned down some money to come to Boston. And now he's no longer eligible for a Supermax contract. So, and that's obviously, um, it is what it's called, Supermax. It's a big freaking contract. Kyrie Irving, uh, or excuse me, uh, Steph Curry signing a $201 million contract. Supermax contract. And he's got ties to Boston. He says that he feels like he was meant to be on this basketball team. His dad played for Boston University. His dad's actually in the Boston University Athletic Hall of Fame, one of the great BU basketball players ever. Uh, his dad's number 11 that he wore at BU uh, is retired at that school. And now Kyrie is wearing number 11 which is a, a number that Kyrie also wore in high school. And he says because of his dad, you know, going to BU, he spent a lot of time in Boston when he was a kid. So he's got that connection. And, uh, you know, it does. It sounds like this is a guy that could be around for a while. It sounds like he's a guy that could be around for a long time. So I'm extremely excited about it. And like I said, I was, I was upset with uh, the fact that Isaiah would be gone uh, because of all of the things that Isaiah Thomas did and how remarkable that season was that he had last year. Um, but, you know, I mean, because of all these things that I'm saying now about Kyrie, obviously you see now that it's the best thing for the team. His ability to possibly attract other elite players, the fact that he's only 25 years old, you know, the fact that he gives you more size in the backcourt at six foot three, can post up smaller players. You know, so amazing handles, great three-point shooter. He shot 40% from three-point range last year. I think, and that, guys do that. Like Kelly Olenek, for example, shot 40% uh, two seasons ago, but then came back uh, last season and his uh, shooting percentage from beyond the arc dropped quite a bit. Um, but with Kyrie, he hit 40% last year, but he's at 38% from three-point range for his career. So he's been a good three-point shooter. Um, Kyrie, Gordon Hayward having some things in common. They both share the same birthday, March 23rd. So I guess that's kind of interesting. Um, those two were also nearly teammates in 2014. Hayward was uh, a free agent back then, and Kyrie tried to recruit Gordon Hayward at the time, and then LeBron James came back to Cleveland. So obviously that, you know, Hayward to Cleveland didn't happen. So Kyrie back then doing a little recruiting, just like our pal Isaiah Thomas, and, you know, Kyrie, maybe when he's in Boston, he'll recruit an absolute superstar, another superstar coming to, uh, to Boston perhaps, you know, so that's very cool. So a little more on Kyrie Irving and his relationship with LeBron James. Now, back in 2014, Kyrie agreed to a five-year, five $94 million contract, and he was supposed to be the guy at that point, the leader of the team, 
best player on the team, the one that would lead them to victory. But shortly after he signed that deal, LeBron came back to Cleveland. And obviously LeBron, um, the leader of that team, considered, you know, the best player in the world. Uh, you know, it's kind of hard to take over a basketball team and consider yourself the guy when LeBron James is there because wherever LeBron goes, I mean, he's running the show. And I, Kyrie, he wanted to run his own show and he wanted to get out of the shadow of LeBron James. And he uh, resented James referring to him as his little brother. But during his introductory press conference, uh, you know, he said that he learned a lot from LeBron James. And he had the opportunity to play with one of the greats, which he said was pretty awesome. So, I mean, yeah, obviously there's certain benefits from playing with LeBron James to playing with, you know, the best player in the world. You can learn a lot from a guy like that. And Isaiah, uh, Kyrie has a ton of experience at only 25 years old, going to the playoffs and winning an NBA championship, all of those things. You know, and in Boston... Yeah, he'll be that guy. He'll be the top dog, and he'll have the opportunity to be, you know, the Celtics' leader. And the Celtics obviously lost a lot of leadership with all the guys that are gone, especially Isaiah. So some people think, though, that Kyrie is very intelligent, maybe too intelligent for his own good. And yeah, he is very smart, despite the fact that he said the world is flat, and I'm not sure whether or not he believes that. You know, he's he's kind of an interesting guy. He's a very complex person. And, you know, some people say that he might be too intelligent for his own good because he has such a belief in his leadership ability and he believes that his talent is limitless. And some people say that caused ascension in Cleveland. So it's going to be really interesting to see how Kyrie fits into that locker room. You know, and it, it, I mean, as far as the team and the locker room goes, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how that gels because it's a whole new basketball team. It's a new basketball team. There are 10 other newcomers, so we'll have to see how Kyrie uh, fits in with all of those guys. And we're, we're used to having a team that's really close, you know, a team that gets along, um, good guys who, you know, play hard and, and play for each other. I mean, that first chapter in the Brad Stevens era is over. Those guys um, that overachieved in Boston the last three seasons and made it to the playoffs, you know, that team that everybody fell in love with because they were so gritty, uh, that team is gone. You know, it's a whole new basketball team. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why people, uh, many people, more the diehard Celtics fans, took the news that Isaiah was leaving some people took that really hard and I think it's because you know that team that they fell in love with is is gone and there was already so much turnover um, prior to that Isaiah trade they were already a completely ba different basketball team Kelly Olynyk was gone Amir Johnson uh, Jonas Derebko you know Avery Bradley obviously the team was just completely different obviously you know, the Celtics have different expectations now. Um, it's always been about finding another superstar to play along with uh, Isaiah and giving him that second 
uh, scoring op, uh, scoring option. And only the NBA is all about having stars, and you have that now. You have a legit duo, you know, in in Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward, and then of course you have uh, Al Horford as well. You know, savvy veteran makes everybody around him better. Great passer, all of those things can stretch the floor. So. This team has a different set of expectations. Still, obviously, some holes to fill in the roster. You know, um, obviously, the bigs, that's a big question mark. And Jay Crowder was expected to play a ton of four uh, because of their lack of bigs. He's gone. You know, Ante Zizic is gone. And, you know, there was a lot of hype surrounding Zizic. At one point, people were saying if Zizic was in the NBA draft, this past draft, he would be a top 10 player. I'm not so sure about that, you know. Um, so yeah, a lot of people thought that he would come in and contribute major minutes right away, but it seemed obvious during uh, Summer League that his role was going to be more limited and he'd be at the end of the bench. But there was obviously high hopes for the guy because everyone knew, you know, he's seven feet tall and he could rebound and the Celtics needed a rebounder. But... Well, that is it for the Celtics pod. Until next week, I'm going to, you know, go check out my fantasy team, see how I'm doing. I'm one of those fantasy players that checks my fantasy score constantly. I can't sit there and really enjoy the games and relax. I'm, like, constantly checking the score. So I'm eager to do that right now. Wish me luck. (laughs) I will be back uh, next week. Take it easy.